We're literally going out into the marketplace looking for that particular individual, that very specific individual with those traits, with those skill sets, with that level of experience. We know that there'll be a great check in CA. So we have expectations in place for that role. Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. I'm Dr. Pete Camiolo. And I'm Dr. Stephen Franson. And we are thrilled to be with you here today. Thanks for joining us uh, on our journey here in the Remarkable CEO Podcast. We are enjoying ourselves, having a great time. And we are diving into some absolutely critical subject matter. And today is no different than any of the other episodes. We're getting into expectations and agreement. Here's what I want to say about that. I remember uh, listening to a sermon once and they said, you know why you know, so many people really struggle with their marriages is because of unrealistic expectations, unspoken expectations, unclear expectations. That's why people struggle in relationships. And that, that, that I, I listened to that sermon at a very critical time in my marriage journey when, you know, things were challenging and, you know, with marriage for all of you who are married, you know, there's challenges the entire way, but it was one of those times when it really landed. And I thought, you know, that's so true. Like my wife and I, we had been through premarital type stuff, but we didn't have very clear set expectations about all the different areas of your life. Right. And so because of that, that led to, you know, struggle and challenge in our relationship. And since then, we've been able to consciously choose to say, let's set expectations, let's make agreements in our family. And we've done that then now with our children as well. So this comes from a very visceral place for us. I know, Dr. Stephen, this has come from a very visceral place for you in business. The same thing applies to our businesses. And so, you know, so many of us have had really challenging relationships with our team members. And, you know, we've had challenging relationships with our patients. So, we're actually going to do a two-part uh, series on expectations and agreement. Part one, we're going to focus on the relationships that you have with your team. And this is such a critical one. So we're going to start there because I believe that that's where we have to begin, especially as CEOs. You know, the most important, the relationship that you're really focusing on as you become the CEO is developing that team and leveraging the team to really service the, the patient. And the second we'll get into is the relationships that we have and expectations and agreements with the clients, our patients, the people that are coming in, our consumers, of our products and services. So that'll be part two. So today we're going to drill down on expectations and agreements with your team. Yeah. You know, this is a business podcast, right? So, uh, <laughs> you know, but at the end of the day, what do they say? Uh, 95% of our problems are people problems. right? So uh, yeah, that's out of top grading. And that's so true. And, and you know, I definitely know that that's true uh, for chiropractic. It was true in my practice. It's true in our business today, right? So 95% of our problems are people problems, right? Why? Because people are people. Business is business, right? And people do business with people. So we've got to get the relationship things right. And, you know, Dr. Pete, I know you're just like me on this. It's like, look, at this stage of my life, I am only interested in successful, productive, long-term relationships, right? So none of us are looking for short-term stressful, dysfunctional relationships, right? So if we just say, okay, categorically, if I look back at my life and I say, what are my successful, productive, long-term relationships in my life? What are those? Identify those and what do they have in common? I did this exercise and I looked at it and I said, you know, what do they have in common? Because you know, I, Tony Robbins says success leaves clues. This is a perfect example of that. If you look back over the landscape of your relationships, 
over your lifetime, you'll say, yeah, the, the long-term successful productive relationships had two things in common. And it was these two things. It's expectations and agreements, right? So it's really transparent expectations and honest agreements. Yeah. Another word that comes to my mind, Doc, and it's so important thinking about the successful relationships in your life is the commitment to the expectations and the agreement. And one of the things is that, you know, when you have long-term lasting great relationships, there's a commitment to it. So that there's one thing is setting an expectations. There's another thing to make an agreement. And then there's the commitment to that. And that's where trust comes in because there's the trust factor that says, you know what, come what may up and down all the way around. Hey, I'm committed. And I think that's really important as, as well to bring into the conversation of relationships. And I get it's different with a, a team member because, you know, they're hired, they work. It's not like they have to work there for the rest of their life or anything like that. But they're making a commitment with their time, energy, and focus to work and talent to work in your organization, your company. And so there's a commitment of time. There's a commitment of energy. There's a commitment of focus, commitment of my talents to you. I'm committing 40 hours or 20 hours or 80 hours per week or whatever. I'm making a commitment. And there's a commitment element that comes with the expectation and agreements. We've got to get clear on that and honor the commitments that we make and they honor the commitments that the people who make to us and realize that's our choice. That's a free will choice. You've chosen to make a commitment. Now with that commitment comes an accountability, right? So commitment leads to that accountability. And that's where the expectations agreements aren't cold, they're warm, right? They, they become a relationship. It's a relationship. I'm so glad you brought that up because that's at the root of all this. This is a relationship business. Yeah. Such a good word, man. So, you know, we have our X factor for premise for each of attraction, conversion, retention, right? So it's like attraction. Well, your attraction is a reflection of your certainty and your conversion is a reflection of your conviction. Retention is a reflection of your clarity well, your team will be a reflection of your commitment, right? So that word commitment here is just massive. And, you know, what are we committed to? We're committed to our expectations and agreements. So, you know, when you want to have successful, productive, long-term relationships with your team members, you've got to make this a priority. You have to systematize it. You cannot leave it to chance. You have to make sure that there's a process, there's procedures, there's scripting that goes around this, just like onboarding a new patient into your practice, which, you know, that's all about setting up expectations and agreements. And that's going to be our next episode. The same needs to be said for onboarding a new hire. So when you're onboarding a new hire, you got to think about this from the place of, do we have a process and procedure for each of the stages of that relationship, right? So we identify in the remarkable practice, we identify five stages of that relationship. So there's number one, there's finding and interviewing good prospects, right? Then there's number two, the second stage of this relationship is the hiring and onboarding stage. And then there's number three is training and equipping your team members. Stage four is developing and retaining remarkable team members. And stage five is planning and exiting. Yeah. I mean, this is so critical that we do this. So, you know, I love the line, you know, what you win them with, you win them too. And I think it's really important that, you know, we start with the end in mind. We say things like that. I have a quote that I like to say, which is where you come from determines where you're going. And it all goes back to intent. It all goes back to the intention and it all goes back to the beginning. You know, I always like to say everything goes full circle. What goes around comes around, right? That type of stuff. And this is that, the, all of that is, well, you know what all that's talking about? the dynamic of the human of human relationship. It's about relationships. Those are relationship discussions. It's so important. And so, you know, you talked about the five stages. Now, as you're listening to this, 
and you're a CEO on the other end of this uh, podcast or not, but you know, we, we're just, we're speaking to you as you're the CEO. Think about those five stages. Do you have a system in place for each one of those five stages? That'd be my first question, you know, because I know for many years in practice, I did not, right? So there was not a plan. There was no real strategy. There was no system to follow. And even when I was quote unquote getting help, like it still wasn't there. So what we have, you know, created and what we have organized is just absolutely it's prices, it's gold. And that alone, if you think about what the cost is of bringing on somebody, what's the cost of losing a team member who you've spent all this time training and focusing on? I mean, the emotional, the financial, the, the cost of the investment. I mean, we're talking about just significant things here, financially, emotionally, I mean, relationally, I mean, massive. I mean, so this is such a sensitive subject, such a sensitive subject, Doc. The vision I'm having in my mind is that great team member who leaves and then half your practice leaves with them. Has that ever happened to you? Hey, we all know chiropractors that that's happened to. Or it wasn't even a doctor, it was a CA who was there. Next thing you know, there's undermining things going on. Next thing you know, the practice, what's going on? You know, where's the collections? Where are the new patients? Where is the retention? Where are people going? Wait, this has happened to us. We've had these things happen. Why? Because we haven't been very clear and systematic about this. And it's not saying you're always going to get it perfect, but you know, we have to drive towards excellence as much as possible. So let's drill into the first part, Doc. Let's talk about hiring. Let's look at, okay, if it starts at the beginning, you know, setting expectations with your team, it does start at the top, which is the hiring, inter- you know, the you finding and you interview and then you hiring process. Well, let's just, let's go into the, the hiring. How, how do we determine even what the right person is and who the right person is to hire? Yeah. I mean, so this is a gigantic conversation that we're going to try to compress into a couple of minutes, right? but let's do a quick summary discussion around this. So number one, again, we're going to go back to vision story. What does success look like for you and your business? What's the business you're trying to build in the next 12 months? And then that vision story has to live out as an organizational chart. Once you flesh out that organizational chart that says, this is how our practice is structured, you have to say, well, how does this practice run? How does this business run? That's when you start filling out the bulleted descriptions or job descriptions for each of the positions on your team. So when you've got is what uh, Traction or Gina Wickman calls then accountability chart. So when you have an accountability chart, now you see how your business functions, right? You see how this business operates. Then you start putting names in those seats, right? Now you look in your accountability chart and you say, do I have the right butts in the right seats? Do I have the right people in the right seats, right? So at that point, you might move some people around, you might move some people out, right? And then you recognize that you've got a gap. And wherever you have a gap, you have to say to yourself, all right, so that is my next hire and that'll be my second hire and that'll be my third hire to help me manifest this vision story over a timeline, right? So next hire, That next hire is a position, not a person. It's a position. And that position comes with a set of responsibilities. Let's say it's a uh, a check in CA, right? So right now I've got a a gap on my team. I'm missing my check in CA. And I look at the responsibilities of the check in CA and I see, wow, they're the face and the energy of the practice, right? They are the boss of today. They run the schedule book for today. They tell everybody what to do, when to do it, and where to do it, right? So they're the boss of today. And they're also your promoter. They're the person that's talking about what's going on in the practice. Okay, there's their three bullets. Do you have that person on your team? No, I don't have that person on my team. I don't have that big extroverted person who's a big connector and a natural promoter who loves to be busy and keep the place flying, who's high energy with a big personality and outgoing, right? I don't have that person. Okay, now you've got a job description for the person that you're looking for. 
So now we look for that person and we bring that person on board. We're literally going out into the marketplace looking for that particular individual, that very specific individual with those traits, with those skill sets, with that level of experience. We know that there'll be a great check in CA. So we have expectations in place for that role. These are your responsibilities, and these are the expectations that we have around these responsibilities that calls for a very specific individual. Yeah, I mean, so this is so powerful because you're saying the expectations are preset before you hire. In other words, we're hiring for a position and we're putting a person into a position that exists. This is a very different way to do it. It's versus the outside-in model. This is, we'd say, an inside-out model. In other words, from inside, you determine what's the position, what's the clearly defined role, what are the expectations, with, what are the objectives of this role. Now that we've clearly defined that from inside, now we can pick our head up, look out and see, and then we can fill that position versus the other way around where you know we hire and then we try to fit a position into a person. And a lot of times that, that creates a unhealthy dynamic with the relationship. Now, if the person is, is gracious and kind and they'll work with you and they're flexible and all that, that's nice that's not a good business. That's not how we do it. We want to do it this way so we can in it look out and say, hey, we've got a very specific position. Is there anybody out there who could do this and wants to do this and could, has a, you know, gets it, they want it, they have the capacity to do this, very specifically this. Well, no, I like to do that. Cool. We actually have somebody doing that. We do, and they're doing great. So we actually don't need you. So we don't hire that person. Anyway, oh, I just love that person. I have to have them on my team. Okay. Well, you've got two people that do the same thing in one empty position and nobody's doing it or they're trying to do it, but they do a terrible job. This is what happens. Yeah. It's the big difference between a CEO and an owner operator, right? So the owner operator is like, okay, I've got a gap. I've got an emergency. I need to fill the gap, right? I need a warm body, somebody who's available, who's interested, who's nice and not a felon and they're, you're hired. <laughs> so it's a, that's a terrible way to do it, right? So as a CEO, you need to think to yourself, and we're going to bring the sports analogies back in here. I own a football team. If I own a football team in the NFL, I'm, I, I own that team to win the Super Bowl. That's why I own the team, right? That is my objective. So as I flesh out my team, I'm looking at a whiteboard that has all those positions. I got a nose guard. I've got a quarterback. I got a fullback. I got a tight end. I got a wide out, wide out. I got a kicker, right? Offensive lineman. So it's like, and that's just the offense, right? So I'm like, listen, look, I know what each one of those roles calls for. And it calls for a very specific individual has a very specific skill set, and usually physical and capabilities, physical attributes and capabilities that call for a very specific human being, right? And now if you're trying to place somebody as an offensive lineman, and you meet this kicker that you really like is really nice and they're available and they're uh, not a felon and they want to join your team and you take that kicker and you put them in an offensive line, man, a couple of people are going to die, right? And your quarterback's going to quit, right? So at the end of the day, you recognize that my practice is just like that. And every one of these positions calls for a certain set of skills and we hire based on expectations, like there's expectations of that role and that's who we're looking for. That's who we're advertising for. That's who we're interviewing for. And that's who we're hiring for. Absolutely. I love this doc. So let's dig in. So uh, you just hire, bring this person on, you've hired them. They go through this process this orientation. What's happening? All right. So we literally have a PowerPoint deck to organize this, right? And keep it on track and keep the conversation going. We go back in, into the patient education center, sit shoulder to shoulder, like right, side by side, put it up on the big TV and literally walk them through a PowerPoint deck. 
And I always just say, hey, uh, you know, I hope this is an awkward, for, for, forgive the formality, but I want to take you through what we call a new hire orientation because, you know, it's critically important that you understand our practice from the perspective of our vision for what we're going to do here, the, the dent we're going to make in the universe, our purpose, our mission, our premise. I want to talk to you about our office culture. I want to talk to you about our systems, processes, procedures, flow, and really set down a solid set of expectations and agreements, right? So it's been my experience in my life that with all of my long-term successful and productive relationships, they always started with two things, expectations and agreements. So transparent expectations and honest agreements. So that's the objective of this meeting right now. Like, so that's loosely the script of what happens during that orientation. And then I'll say, so, you know, my expectations are by the end of this is I will be able to say to you, so do you understand what's expected of you? What is expected of you to make this a successful relationship and what you can expect from us? And I'd like to hear from you. What do you expect to bring to this relationship? And what do you expect from us? Right. It just creates this really awesome conversation. I love how you're discussing that it's a conversation because we say, you know, chime in and buy in are connected, right? So the conversation is, hey, you're a human being, you add value. We want to hear what you have to say. You have a voice here. And I love that right from the beginning of a new person coming in and on board. It's like, hey, you have a voice here. You have a part here. We want to hear what you have to say. And I want to know how you feel and think about this. I love how that's part of this process where it's not just you're talking at somebody, you're talking with somebody, very different dynamic. And I love shoulder to shoulder. There's something really powerful about that as well. Just, hey, we're both looking this, we're doing this together. Like we're linking arms together. And I love, so just, I'm pointing this out because as you're listening, there's a, you dropped a few very important things that if you don't catch the nuance of that, like you, you might just be like, oh, I just need that. I just want that PowerPoint presentation. Ooh, no, we missed it. Like there was like 17 other things that make this so powerful. And those are a few things that really jumped out to me. So someone goes through this process, you go through this process with somebody and then you launch them into, they're now launched into their position. They're now welcomed out of the team, but there's another step and we're not going to be able to go into all of this here today, but you know, there's following onboarding, right? That's just really the begin. That, that's the orientation. There's the onboarding ch- chapter of the relationship. Yeah, Dr. Pete, I mean, literally, we're just scratching the surface of this because in onboarding, you know, we have in the remarkable practice, we have an actually an infographic that says 10 steps to onboarding a remarkable CA, right? So there's the orientation, the new hire orientation is one of the 10 steps of onboarding, right? So guys, I, you know, we could be three hours on this topic, but at the end of the day, what you have to recognize is that this is a thorough process because I'd rather slow down to speed up. Like, so top grading teaches us that if we were to hire the wrong person, it's going to cost us three times their salary that year. And if we lose the right person, it's going to cost us five times their salary that year. That should scare the crap out of you, right? So it's like, slow down to speed up, do this right. Okay. This is critically important. You are creating your business. Your team is your business. You are creating your business. These are the people that you're going to get to work side by side. You're going to be relying on them and you've got to make a commitment to A players only. And A players want to be onboarded properly. They want to have total clarity. So when you're going through that PowerPoint deck, they want to be inspired by your vision story, by your purpose statement, by your mission statement, by your premise. They want to see the level of professionalism where you talk to them about the priorities of this practice, right? So we are first and foremost a healing institution where people find a better way 
to better health. We are a patient education center where we're not only changing bodies, we're changing minds. We're changing minds so we change behavior, so we change really how do we change health outcomes. So we are a practice that's committed to educating our community, not just adjusting them, right? And we are a patient, we are a training institution. We train like lives depend on it because they do, right? So these expectations and agreements. Each one of these has a slide, guys. You have to understand, like, put the slide up, talk it down from the very beginning. This is first date, second date, third date stuff, guys. This is when you lay it down. This is, this is when you say, okay, listen, I want you to have total clarity around what's expected of you and the culture of this place, how we run it, what's important here, and I want to make sure that you agree with me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember... What the world needs now is chiropractic, and what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.